Good morning, church. This thing is hot. Can I turn it down? There you go. There you go. I tell you, I love, I love contemporary music, but there's nothing like a good old hymn. Amen. Amen. I just, it just brings me back some days. But um, I'm so thankful that I have a God that never left me. Amen. That won't leave me. Man, it's just, it's amazing to me to think about how good God is and what He's doing in my life. But um, as we, we're gonna be in John uh, chapter 11, if you will. Um, just get, get your Bibles ready. Um, we're gonna be there in just a second. Um, I got a couple announcements. I don't. I want to share with you guys before we get started. Here's here's my heart. Um, is uh since since Dallas is is gone and, and I've been filling in in with the uh with the youth with the helping with students. It's so hard for me not to call it youth. I tell you, but helping with students. Um, it's been a it's been a refresher to me. Like I love it, and 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 all our students in here. I love you guys more. I had so much fun watching the movie. And, and watching the look on some of y'all's faces this past week as we watched it. But anyway, um, what made me realize is there's a void in our ministry to where we need some more men or young men or old men to, to step up and to be a mentor to these kids. Um, and the way our ministry is trying to kind of shape is that we come in, we have a, um, we, uh, either Mason or myself, we're, we're leading um, through the text in which we're preach, kind of preaching through. And then we bust up into small groups to, to kind of make that in more digestive pieces. And so the only people we have is, is Mason or myself right now. And so we need another guy or two to help fill in that void. So if God's, I pray that you would pray over that um, and not be something you would flake in and flake out of, but it would be something you would be intentional with and, and stay in so that these, these young men would have someone that knew, loved them, and, and was just walking with them every step of the way. Amen? We need that. Y'all be praying for that. Um, and so uh, that, that was one thing. And uh, I got a great announcement to tell you guys, too, is you know how I always pray about unity, right? How we need to be unified. Amen? And not just in our church, but with other churches. And it's so easy for it to become self-centered, and it's about me and my church instead of God's church, right? And so I pray for other pastors, and I love them. And, and I got invited to go um, preach the homecoming at Oak Hill. So next Sunday, I'll be at Oak Hill preaching. Um, but don't worry. Brandon Williams is coming here this next Sunday to come preach. And so Brandon's coming. He's excited because he hadn't had a chance to come preach in Millen. So I've been working diligently to get air conditioner fixed so he wouldn't die up here. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, he'll be here next Sunday. So y'all come, bring someone. Um, y'all get a huge blessing out of it. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray uh, right quick, and then we'll get started into the text, okay? Father, we thank you again for your glory and your grace. I thank you, God, for how much you love us, and I thank you, God, for how much you care about us. I thank you, Lord, for the cross this morning. And I'm so thankful, God, that your cross has the final word. It has the final word in my life. It has the final word in any situation. God, I pray, Lord, that this morning that we would look at, Lord, what you did in this story with Lazarus, and, God, that you would bring it to life in our hearts. God, you would, your Holy Spirit, we ask you to convict us. We ask you, Lord, to bring us to a place of repentance this morning. And, God, we ask you to lead us out from where we are into where you want us to be. So help us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, so as we've been reading through the 412 plan, um, and, and I'm, I'm taking to everybody in here is, um, that was the point you say, yes, I am. Amen. But uh, 
So if, you, if you're here today and you don't know, the 412 plan is kind of uh, what we've down, it's on our app. We down, you download it, and it, we read, we're reading through the Bible as a church together, right? So as we're reading through the Bible together, then we're preaching out of it as well through the rest of the year, trying for all of us to be going in the same direction together. And, and so this past week, um, for those of you that read it, you, you know, we read through John 9, John 10, and then uh, John 11. And so what I loved about this is, is John 9, it kind of builds all, everything up to Lazarus right here. All right, so in John 9, Jesus heals this man that's born blind, right? There's this huge miracle that's happened. This man has never seen his life, and all of a sudden he can see, and it's right in front of everyone's eyes. And, and, and everyone that's trying to, to, to defame Christ, that's trying to say Christ isn't real, that's trying to say that's not, that he's sending people in the wrong direction, it's a miracle right in their face, right, of saying, here is the Son of God right here in your midst. And there's so many people in our churches that they have those miracles happen in their life every single day or things that happen around them, but their heart is so hard they won't pay attention to them. And so you see the heart of, a, of, the, of religion, of religious people. Is, is You can see Jesus right in front of them, but until their eyes are opened, nothing will change. And so they, they really, when that blind man, when he was tell, telling them, I don't know who healed me, but it had to have been a prophet, it had to have been someone and they kept giving glory to Jesus, and he didn't even know who he was giving glory to. Let me tell you what that did. It PO'd. PO'd, yeah. It made them very mad. Y'all know what that means? It, 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 they, were, they were very upset about that. They got very jacked up about that and didn't want to listen to it. Even with the testimony right in their face, they didn't want to listen to it, so they, they, just, they just discarded it. And I think when I read that this past week, it really got me because I was like, what in the world? And, and there's so many people that are just hung up on, on what they've always known, hung up on what they've always done, and hung up on, on, on being right. You know, I know there ain't nobody in here that always got to be right, right? You know, got to be right. And so they're hung up on that to where when the opposite of that happens, the first thing that hits you is anger. You're mad. You're frustrated. That's not right. And, and so that's, that's where the religious people, that's where the Pharisees were. They were... Everything their life had been built upon, everything, everything their life was, was made to be, now was changing if they would accept Christ. And even with religion, it's that way, but it's still that same way if you have never been to church your whole entire life. You're living your life for you. You're, you're living your life for the moment. It still demands either you've been to church since you were a kid or so you've never been to church in your life. Following Jesus and surrender your life to Christ means backing away from everything you once knew and changing direction and following after the Savior. Amen? And so as those things were happening, they didn't like it. John 10, you go to, and I'm just doing a quick, just kind of showing you how this goes, but John 10, the, the, the religious people were so jacked up, they were so mad that, 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 that Jesus was tired of, like, giving them hints. You ever, you ever gave somebody a hint? How many men in here can't take a hint? Come on, be honest. Some of y'all lying. But I, my wife, I tell her, when we got married, she told me she didn't want a Valentine's Day present. You know what happened? I didn't buy her one. Huh? I got home. Supper cooked, rose petals. I'm telling you, I ain't lying. The rose petals around, like, it was romantic. She's like, I'm like, oh, my. And I wasn't saved then, so she said, so it gives me an excuse of why I was a liar. So she says, um, where's my present? 
Oh, it's at the office. Let me go get it. She knew that I had told a lie. I was like, baby, you know I don't take hints well. Why? Why lead me down that road of destruction? Why do that? You know I don't take hints well. So you have no right of being mad at me. That, that didn't work either. But, <laughs> but, the, but the religious people, they could not take a hint. And so Jesus started going right to the point. Jesus started getting right to the nitty-gritty, like being, being straightforward with him. And Jesus started being plain about telling them if they wanted eternal life, they had, it had to go through him in John 10. All the miracles Jesus had performed, all those signs, all those things were pointing people to him, and they just wouldn't pay attention. And so eventually, when he, he really was calling them out, and they got so mad with him, they tried to stone him. They tried to stone Christ, and so him and disciples left, and they went out. And so they left Jerusalem, and they headed, I'm going to, if I can pronounce this right, but it's called Beth Arabah, okay? It's about 20 miles from Bethany, okay? So this is where Jesus is. He's 20 miles away from Jerusalem at the time in which they run to him with, with, with the issue with Lazarus. Okay, so 20 miles in a car ain't no time. 20 miles on a bicycle is a little time, takes a little time, but 20 miles on foot takes a little, unless you're walking with Rick Lane, and then it don't take long at all. But if you're, if most people walking, it takes them a while. And so you come to the point of, of John chapter 11, where the death of Lazarus, and, and it says now, verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany the village of Mary and Martha and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now that's a reference to John chapter 12, okay? He's just kind of building you up, wanting you to get a little more. So it says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, is sick. All right, so, so Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus so much. They were brothers and sisters. He, when he would get, go into town, he would spend time with them. He, he would, and all of them, got, Christ had delivered them from some type of sin, some type of something, and, and they were so grateful. They loved him so much, they wanted him in, his, in their life. And so, so when he says, the one you love is sick, and Jesus heard that, you would think, like, all right, it's east down and bound. You know what I'm saying? It's time to go. It's time to load up. It's time to head on back to my, my buddy Lazarus, you know? But Christ didn't do that. Christ didn't do that. I, I was coming home a couple weeks ago, and, and this, is, this is the influence that TV has on, my, on all of us. We assume the bad out of everything. I, I'm, on the, I'm on the phone with my wife coming home from Stakesboro. Is there any deputy sheriffs up in here? How about a state patrol? All right, we're good. Uh, so anyway, I'm coming home, and I'm on the phone with my wife, and she says, hey, did you order something? I was like, well, I ordered a big whiteboard. They delivered it on a transfer truck to my house for some reason. So they delivered it, and Sabrina's on the phone. When my little boys picked up all these new words, I didn't know my mother-in-law was there at the time. And so I'm, I'm sitting here, and, and Sabrina says, well, there's a guy at the door. And I need to sign for something, evidently. I was like, yeah, she let me go handle it. So she don't hang up. She leaves the phone on speakerphone, 
and lays it on the counter. So I hear the door open. I hear, like, Charlie Brown's mom in the background. Just I couldn't understand what they were saying. And then all of a sudden I hear a loud whack, whack, whack. And I hear my little boy saying, no, stop, mama, over and over. I'm thinking, I'm thinking criminal minds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Serial killer done come up in my house and done killed my wife. My mother-in-law sitting there the whole time. I'm screaming on the phone, Sabrina, hey, you all right? Hey, my mother-in-law sitting there listening to me. <laughs> I don't know if she's saved. I, I, you couldn't do that and be right with God. But anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Hope You Like It, okay? Coming out of Statesboro. And uh, we seen what that thing would do. And I was going as hard as I would drive, screaming on the phone, thinking there's somebody in my house killing my family, just freaking out about it, watching TV, how your mind will get the best of you. I, I pull into the county line, and Serena says, hello? And I was like, oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. What in the world are you doing? And she was going through, and then she got tickled that I was all bent out of shape. She's like, how fast are you going? I said, well, just to say this, this truck don't have a rev limiter at all. And, and if I would have got caught, I would have been in jail, and that's where you would have visited me. But it's so easy because she was somebody that I love, right? If I wouldn't have cared about her, I would have been like, well, it is what it is. She'll be there when I get there. Some of y'all might have done your own wife that way. I'm sorry for your relationship being that way. But, but I, I, was, I was after, I, I just, I loved her. So when you think about Christ, you would think that he would abandon everything and go to Lazarus. But he don't. But he don't. See, day one, the message comes to Jesus, and then Lazarus dies. All right, that's day one. Lazarus is dead. Jesus was his last resort, and he died. Day two, the messenger returns from Bethany to tell them about what, what Jesus said. Jesus waits one more day just to be sure that he was dead, I guess. And then he leaves Bethany, and, and, and then he leaves uh, where he was at and heads back to Bethany. And then day four is when he arrives in Bethany. All right, so four days had passed, and Lazarus was dead. And, and Jesus, he could have answered her request right then, but he didn't for some reason. And, and I think a lot of times a lot of us are in that way. Like, we've been praying for something. We've been anticipating. We've been praying, saying, God, and wanting him to answer this prayer right now. God, we're expecting him. You know God loves you. You know Jesus cares about you. Why haven't you listened? Why haven't you came? Where, where, I'm just waiting on you. You're waiting in anguish because the situation's getting worse, and God hadn't came through. What's going on? Are you not listening to me, God? What's happening? See, sometimes God waits. So the, the magnitude of the miracle will give him the most glory. And a lot of times what's happening in our lives is he's waiting for us to get rid of us so we wouldn't take credit for it. And we can give him all the power and all the glory. Amen. And so he waits those days. And what I love about it is, is, he, is when he shows up, verse 23, Mary, I mean Martha, she said, verse 21, she said, Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would have not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus asked her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the, you know, at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Amen. 
and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord. I love the faith. In her. Her, her brother has been dead, okay? Back then, it was no, was no putting him in a coffin, was no viewing. It was none of that stuff. Like in those days, they would, they would, they would, it was a process, right? He died. They, they didn't bury him in the dirt. They put him in a cave, okay, up in the, in, in the they put him in a cave in the side of a rock. And he laid exposed in that. And they covered, they would roll rocks over it for nothing could get to the body and, it, and the smell wouldn't be everywhere. They had him wrapped up from head to toe, okay? They wrapped his body in these things. She knew he was dead, but yet, because she was probably one of the ones that helped wrap her brother. So she was there along the whole process, along the illness, along everything. Anybody knew that Lazarus was dead was Martha and Mary. But yet, her faith was so great, but she said, even now, even now, I know that whatever you want to do, you can do. Man, and that's, some, that's amazing faith to me. That's amazing faith to me. But he, she, she reads that. And, you know, it's, then it gets on down to verse uh, 32 when Martha, or Mary runs up. It says, verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you, have, if you had have been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also it, weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and was troubled. And, and so, so Jesus, he was deeply moved. He was deeply upset. He was deeply troubled. You know, and, and so when you read that, I'm like, what, why? Why was Jesus upset? Okay, he knew what was fixing to go down. You know what I'm saying? He knew what was fixing to happen. But yet, he was so upset. It could have been that he was upset because those he loved was upset. Yeah, I believe that could have been it because, because Jesus is a God that, that, that identifies with our hurt. He identifies with our struggle. There's nothing that we go through in life that Jesus doesn't know how we feel. I love that about my God. Amen? But, but also, I believe not only that, but I think also, I think also he was, he was really hurt because of their spiritual blindness. There was people there that, had known, that knew the God's word backwards and forwards. There were religious people there that knew God's word, but they lacked the faith to put some of it in place. I think maybe it was the spiritual blindness, or maybe just maybe it was this. Maybe, maybe just maybe it was the effects that death brings to us that hurt his heart. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about what death does to us? It, it, like, like physical death, it separates us, right? It separates us from the ones we love. If you ever lost someone that you love, that, that, that feeling never goes away. You always miss them. You always want to see them. But death separates that. And there's pain involved with that. No matter how long it's been, it always hurts. And, and, and it's final, right? Death is final. There's no coming back. They can't come back to you. Matter of fact, when I die... Don't try to be, I don't want to be like Lazarus. Don't bring me back. I ain't coming back. Amen? 
I don't want to come back. But, but death also, it causes us pain and it causes us regret. There hadn't been one person that I loved that hasn't left this place that I didn't feel like if I just had one more day, if I just had one more minute. There was always something I didn't say. See, that, that pain that death has. Jesus saw how the death of Lazarus affected those he loved, but I think also Jesus was thinking about how those who were blinded by religion were dead spiritually and would not only have earthly death but also spiritual death. And that moved him even more. That's why Jesus wept. See, spiritual death, it, physical death separates us from each other. Spiritual death separates us from God. Man, that's horrible. That's horrible. It's final, right? You, 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 don't, you don't get the judgment and God say, depart from me, I never knew you. And be like, oh, hold up, boss. Redo. I used to love, I, I'm horrible at, at, at video games. That's why I love the reset button. Because if I, if I lose, then I can reset and start over, right? Some of us think that's about life. Like when I, when I get to the end, I can hit reset and, and, I, and get another chance. No, this is one shot. That's why it's so important that we are pursuing God with everything in our life. And I think, too, that he was so upset that it, because it grieved the Holy Spirit. The death of Lazarus, their unbelief, grieved the Holy Spirit. And as I think about those things, I think I, I'm so thankful that I serve a God that identifies with me, but not so was broken about my, my physical stuff, but he's broken about my spiritual insufficiencies as well. He's broken about... Why I'm not pressing into him, I'm trying to handle things on my own. He's broken about those things. He's not a God that just don't care. He's like, this is, this is all about me. I don't care about you. No, it is all about him, but he cares about us. That's awesome to me. Amen? And so we get to verse 34. Jesus says, where have you laid him, he asked. And they said, come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man? Have, have he, could, he, could he have kept this man from dying? So it's the same people that witnessed the miracle of the blind man. They didn't have faith then of, the, of the, what Jesus did with the blind man, but now they had, well, couldn't he have done that? Like they were trying to, like a rhetorical question, trying to make people doubt. See, Satan will do that. Satan will try to make you doubt the power of God right in the middle of you when you're praying for something, to, to, for God to deliver you from something. Y'all with me? Like when you're praying for God to, to change a situation, you're change, praying for God to, to change uh, a test result, you're trying to pray for God to change these things, and you're seeking after God's guidance, Satan will kind of put, try to put that doubt in there. People think I'm crazy, but man, that doubt hits me. Y'all get behind me, Satan. Amen? Get out of my mind. And so, he continues on. Verse 28, 38, Jesus says, Once more, deeply moved, Jesus came to the tomb. There was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he said, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by, the time, by this time here is a bad odor, for he's been here four days. I, I love this. 
Nothing can tell you even more that they knew Lazarus was dead than the smell. He, he, he's he's going to stink, God. I love this about this because Jesus, Jesus says that this is the time for him them to, to see how big and how magnifying he truly is. So he shows up. And he says, where is he at? And they're like, he's, 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 in, he's in that grave. He's like, well, move the stone. Remove the stone. Roll the stone away. Oh, no, God. Uh-uh. No, don't, we can't do that because that's, it's going to be, it's gonna be an inconvenience to all of us. He's not going to smell good. See, you got to think about this, 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 this event. We, we, we call these things stories. This is actual how it happened, so it's an event. Amen? A story is fictional. Amen? This is an event that happened. And so you think about this event, like this event parallels what it means to really be saved and go from death to life. Amen? So Lazarus was dead. He was dead in his sin. He was dead in his iniquity. He was dead, from, and he was separated from Christ. See, there's so many people that are dead, and there's a barrier between Jesus and them. And that barrier, Christ is telling, telling those people that the barrier between him and Lazarus was that stone. And he said, you roll the stone away. Man, y'all listening to me today? Because the reality is this, is that there's something blocking so many people that are spiritually dead. And Christ could have said, stone, move. But he didn't. See, Jesus Christ, my God, wants to use you, use us and us being active in walking with God to bring the spiritual dead back to life. It's, it's, it, the, Lazarus, God could have done it without the people, but he wanted to use them, right? See, we want to be lazy and say, it's not my job to tell nobody about Jesus. It's not my job to do anything. Oh, see, they didn't have to open their mouth. All they had to do was work. Amen? Ooh, y'all ain't listening to me. They had to work. See, oh, I ain't, ain't got to go serve God. I don't have to do this. I don't. See, us serving, us being involved and active in the ministry of God is what brings so many people from death to life. But it's our action that brings them there. Jesus could have saved everybody, anyone. But see, that's a, ooh, listen, the thing is, is when we actually are walking with God, when, when we listen to him, it's not showing our obedience, but it also shows our faith in Jesus. See, sometimes we don't move, not because we don't want to, because we don't have faith. And he talks about our faith growing, our faith increasing. How are you going to have faith in God if you're not active in the ministry of God? Amen? Whew, I feel it this morning. I'm telling you, that's the thing. And so, so there are so many people that are spiritually dead, they're just waiting on the stone to be moved away. How many people in your life right now, is God trying to tell you, be active and help him move that stone. Be that smiling face. Be that, be that loving man. Be that loving woman that cares for him, that, that does things for him, that reaches out. This is the gospel, people. That's what it's supposed to be. When things happen, when bad things happen to people, no matter if they're good people or, or people that don't know Jesus, the first thing we think is, oh, my life is too busy. They got insurance. They can handle their own thing. Instead of realizing, you know what? I don't care what they have. I don't care anything. They, they have a heart, and their heart is far from God, and I want to love on them regardless of where they are. And so they found that Lazarus was there bound up in this grave, and Jesus tells them to move the stone. See, sin is a reference in this 
And when you ever talk about sin, sin's a bad thing, right, in the Bible. And sin, sin is, is, is smelly. Sin is, 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 is dirty. You know, it says when Jesus will wipe away all our sins, will make us white as snow, right? So if you're not white, being perfect is white as snow. Being in sin is to be dirty and filthy. And so he was, he was smelly. He was nasty. He was dirty. He was filthy. And that's, a, that's the church's response to a lot of people. Uh-uh, God. Don't let them come to church with me because I don't want that stuff. I, I, it make me uncomfortable being around someone that's not living like I'm living. When you got sin hit up way back, don't nobody know about. You know, but, but, but that's how we are. Like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I believe you can do it, God, but hold up. They're just too nasty. It's just, it's, it's just too, oh, Lord, it's just too bad. I don't want to be around. I know you don't want to be around that God. And Jesus didn't pay her no mind because he knew what he was about to do. See, oftentimes we see people that are in bondage and we think that it's too late. How many people have you written off? How many people have you said, you know what? It's too late for them. They've done rejected God and rejected God and rejected God. This man was dead four days. It wasn't too late. And it's never too late for anyone as long as they draw breath here on this earth. We should be the vessels of Jesus Christ and give them that love, give that compassion, and run after them just like Jesus did, right? And so many times we, we, we're just like Mary. It, it's been too long. It's, it's going it's to be too hard. And I love what Jesus changed just like that. He changes everything just like that. Verse 40 says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Whoo, some of y'all need to circle that. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said that for these people would benefit. That they may believe that you sent me. And when Jesus said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man got up. His hands and his feet were wrapped in strips of linen and his clothes, and he and was cloth on his face. And then Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love this text. I heard a preacher say it one time, verse 43, when he said, Lazarus, come out. They said the authority of God is so powerful. If he would have just, just said, come out, everybody in there that was dead would have come to alive. Amen? So he specifically called Lazarus out. Specifically called him out. See, if he had just said, I just, I, man, I just love that. I just, I just love that. It, it shows what, how intentional prayer is. See, we throw these shotgun blast prayers out. You know, it's kind of just like, just kind of just whatever, God. I'm just going to throw all this stuff out, and maybe you'll answer something. But it's something about praying specifically. There's something about being intentional. And Jesus is our model, right? He's, he's, our, he's our model for life. So we should model what we pray, the way we love, the way we live after Christ. Amen? Amen? All right, don't make me preach to 1 o'clock today. So I love this because the path from life to death starts with the call of God. It starts with the call. He called him out, right? It starts with the call. It don't start with church attendance. It don't start with Bible reading. 
It don't start with prayer. It starts with the call of God. Lazarus didn't do one thing to deserve that. Just Jesus loved him like he loves all of us. So he calls him out. See, salvation starts with God, the Holy Spirit, moving in your life and calling you to himself. We cannot be saved apart from the call of God. And there are a lot of people that make emotional decisions to follow Jesus. And what happens is they made this emotional decision and five or six months down the road, they went right back to their same lifestyle because it wasn't Christ calling them. They just wanted to clean their act up so they look better for everyone else. Only true salvation comes when you're called from God. And I just, I just love that. I don't know if y'all love that or not, but I love that. And so the more I read this, the more it makes me just think about how, how many people are just in bondage. And every time I've read that story, I, it's, just, it's just so just ingrained in my head. And it's, maybe I over-dramatize it. I don't know. But it just so, it just hits me. And so I want to show you guys in, in kind of a, in, a, in a way of how sin holds us down. Even when we're called of God and we're following Jesus, like there's still a process in that. Amen. Like you don't, you don't start following Jesus and then you're, say, you're sanctified, set free, and, and no, you don't bother, nothing else bothers you ever again, right? Come on. Some of y'all act like that. Come on. No, it's a process, right, of growing closer to Christ. But see, the only way that happens is we have to, once we're called from God, once we're saved, then we begin to walk away from that stench. Walk away from what was holding us down. And the problem with the church today is instead of people getting up and walking out of the graveyard, they're still hanging out where they stood up. Amen? And so, so what I love about this is when Jesus looks at him, and we're going we're gonna to use a man named Stephen today, okay? So the moment that, that he, came to the, he comes up to the grave, he walks up here to the grave, and he says, Y'all rolled a stone away. So they rolled a stone away. We're going to break it all down. They rolled a stone away. And they say, and, and Jesus, and as he's, he's in there in the, in the grave, and he says, Stephen, Stephen, come out. Come out, Stephen. You can stop right there, Stephen. Stephen, come out. See, see, the moment of salvation is not, it's not in the grave. It's when you walk out of it. Amen? It's, when, it's the action. It's the moving. See, following Jesus means you're walking closer to Christ. He, would, he couldn't see Jesus. All he could do was hear his voice. Y'all listening to me? Sometimes you can't see the miracle. Sometimes you can't see where God's sending you. You just got to listen to his voice and walk in that way. So they had, old Lazarus was all bound up. He was wrapped up. He was, and that was about as good as we can get with old Stephen today, but that's what we're trying to look for. And when I think about that, Stephen was dead. But he was walking to Jesus' voice. Come on. Come on. If you, if you notice, my man Stephen, he's alive, right? He's moving. Praise God, he's moving. See, salvation means movement, not stagnation. But see, he's still bound. He's still bound. See, God, Jesus could have said, grave clothes, fall off. But he didn't because the process, the process, he wants to build our character. He wants to build our faith. See, the whole thing from when we die, from when we die to ourselves and we start following Christ, the whole mission is becoming more and more like Jesus. Amen? 
It's shedding the old and picking up the new and walking in Christ-likeness. That's what Satan don't want you to understand. It's not about a free ride to heaven. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus. And the more I pursue Christ, the more I love Christ, right? And the less I want of me, the less I want only. I want to pursue him with everything in my life. So my man Stephen here is standing here alive, but he's still bound. You know, I can't, I can't help but He tells those people, he said, let's set him loose. Set him loose. And, and as, I've, as I've always thought about this, they, they reach up here and they start taking these, these stinking grave clothes off of him. And, and they begin to, to peel it off. And, and as they begin, he can see. He, 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 first, he couldn't see. He could, just, he could just hear my Savior's voice. But then he, the, the, the grave clothes, because someone loved Stephen enough to help him remove the sin that blocked his vision. Amen? And so as he began, and then he could see his Christ. He could see his voice. He wasn't stumbling around anymore. He could actually focus and walk closer to him. See, a lot of us need to start allowing God to take our grave clothes off of us so we can see him more clearly. Amen? See, but even though his eyes... Or open his ears still wasn't. And as they continued to take the grave clothes off of him, he could hear. He could hear God. He could listen to God. It wasn't just, it wasn't just this, I, I think God said. No, he knew God said. Because he was being intentional. They were being intentional taking those grave clothes off of him. See, Stephen had no control over that. It was someone that loved him, that was walking with him, that was helping him. Amen? See, so many times the church has said, you're saved. Good luck, brother. We'll see you in heaven. And that's a lie. That's not how it's supposed to be. Discipleship means that I'm walking with my brother. He's not strong enough to do this on his own. He's still bound up with sin. He's still bound up with this world. He can't be set free. God, It's God in me, working through me, that sets my brother free. That's why community is so important. That's why connect group is so important. That you're spending time with other believers, walking with each other, and allowing God to use you as a vessel to help remove the sin from somebody else's life. Amen? And what gets me aggravated at Connect Group some days is I'm the only one talking. And it's like, all right, I'm setting y'all free. Who's going to set me free? Right? Who's going who's to speak a word that, that, that just speaks right to my heart? Who's going to give me that? No, you all worry about you and getting set free. I'm over here still bound up. Y'all with me? And so my man, as, as God, I could see, as he began to see God more clearly and see it was around his face. He couldn't breathe. See, so many Christians, they act like they're just suffocating. They don't know. It's like they, they just can't, they can't, get a, they can't catch a break. They, they think that it, this is so hard because I just, can't, I just can't do this on my own. You're right. And so many people quit because they're not having to walk alongside of them and take it off. And even though this is nasty, even though this is going to get me dirty too, I can go wash off. He can't right now. And as he begins intentionally taking it off, taking it off more and more and more, as they see, as they, I, I, and, and, see, and I'm, see, now, now Lazarus can talk a little bit. Now Lazarus can see Jesus. Lazarus, are you happy to see Jesus? Amen. Are you happy? See, you can't raise your hands, can you? But you can hop a little bit, can't you? Huh? Look at that. <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm thinking about me, like I, I'm jumping. Oh, God, get this stuff off of me. Get this stuff off of me. I'm coming to you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? See, that's what it means when you're, you're, you're thankful for what God has done. You're, you're excited. And so as they begin to take, keep taking these grave clothes off, see, my man still can't do it. His chest is tight. This stuff is, is wrapped on him tight. And they're taking it off one by one, one by one. They're setting him free, spending more time, loving on him, caring about him, taking, setting him free. Until now, finally, his arms, 
Man, his arms, he can move his arms a little bit. I'm the only one that loves you. I'm the only one setting you free, baby. It's all right. And so, so he's free. His arms are free now. Now, now, see, he's set free enough that he can praise Jesus. He can glorify God. See, so many of us can't praise God on Sunday morning because our hands are still tied down. Y'all with me? It's about glorifying God. See, he's thankful that Jesus has saved him. See, Lazarus was in this place. He loved God, but now he's seen what it meant to go from life to death. He really has experienced it himself, and now as Jesus begins to take the grave clothes off of him, he begins to be more free. See, there's so many Christians that are walking their life, and they can't. They don't look like Christians because they're still bound by sin. They're still bound by the world. I mean, our, this right here, sex outside of marriage, bound by it. This right here, pride, just walking to thinking I know everything, bound by it. I mean, come on. Come on. What's your sin? Somebody want to claim it? Oh, ain't nobody going to say nothing. Bound by it. You know why? Because you won't let nobody help you take it off. The reason the church is so unfruitful, the reason no one changes is because we're still bound by the world. We're still bound by sin. And the whole point, he didn't raise Lazarus from the dead for him to stay bound. He rose him from the dead so he would live. Amen? And he will be a living testimony to God's glory. He will be a living testimony to God's grace. He will be a walking, talking miracle. And that's what my man Stephen is. He's walking closer to God. Every time he opens his mouth, he's singing praises because they would say, isn't that the man that once was dead, but now he's around us? Huh? Is that what people say about you? Isn't that the woman that was the worst gossip in town, but now she talks good about people? Oh, we, I'm meddling now, I mean, I'm just saying, it's, but it's crazy. He still can't walk. He still can't walk. He still can't walk. But every time, I, I'm, every time I, a little more comes off, take a little step. He, he, oh, he, get, he gets a bigger stride. Every, every time a little more comes off, he can take a bigger stride. A bigger stride. A bigger stride. Hey, you, you can free yourself now. <laughs> See, there comes a place. In which you got to take responsibility for your own actions. There's a time that you got to say, you know what? I've been struggling with this for way too long. And, by, and, and, and I've had this one walk with me and that one walk with me. You know what? I can take this off myself today. Amen? And so he, now my man is set free. He was bound, but now he is set free. He was dead, but now he is alive. And now my brother can sit here and he can walk with me. See, you can't walk with Jesus and still be bound by the world. You can't walk with Jesus and still be holding on to the things that you once were walking with. You can have a seat, man. That was great. You can't. And so the story of Lazarus is a great example of what it means of true salvation. See, you can't be saved and stay in sin. You can't stay where you are and follow Christ because you're bound. You can't move. You can't walk. It shows us what the role of a Christian is, is to truly walk with our brothers and sisters. And we say we love them. If I would have said, I love you, brother, but stay right there because you stink too much for me, it wouldn't have shown that I loved him, right? It's a great example. But most people in this room right now are still walking around with these on. Some of you can't even... Hear the voice of God. Or you're so wrapped up in yourself. 
How can you glorify a God that you can't see? Because your eyes are blinded by your lifestyle. Your eyes are blinded by your pride. Your eyes are blinded. How about by religion? Maybe your eyes are blinded by your Sunday school attendance or this one time when I was 12 years old, I said the sinner's prayer, and I got baptized after vacation Bible school. You know, I know God, but I, Lazarus knew Jesus before he died. But until he experienced his resurrection power, until he was truly born again, was until his grave clothes fell off. And that's what's so important, church, is that we realize that those grave clothes have to come off. You can't stay where you are and go where Jesus is. It can't happen. It won't happen. And there's a lot of us in this room that stumble around every day. We're stumbling over ourselves. We're stumbling over our past. We're stumbling over our sin. And, and, and you don't have to stumble, church. You don't have to stumble. You, all you got to do is if you, can't get, if you can't get loose, then reach to somebody that is loose and say, Brother, help me. Amen. I need help. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need you to help me. I need you to help walk with me. See, Christ is right there. Christ can free you too, but he put people in your life to help free you. And you know what? Sunday after Sunday, people come to church and they lie. Not just to me, but they lie to the Holy Spirit because they come in here and they got this face on like, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't know who you're talking to today. I don't know who you prepared that sermon for, brother, but it wasn't for me. You're over here looking next door like, I hope you, ooh, I hope you get right today. I hope, ooh, husband, I hope you was listening because he was preaching to you. But the reality is, all of us in this room, every one of you, me included, have got stuff that we still hold on to. We've got stuff that still hold us back. You know, I'm walking, I'm walking, but some days I feel like that stuff jumps back up. It ties me back down. And I feel like it just holds me in a spot until I reach down and I cut it loose and say, I'm free from that. See, your past will try to grab back a hold of you and it will try to hold you back. You got to remember, I'm set free, I'm sanctified, I'm following Christ. See, the only way that you truly are saved, if your eyes are on Jesus and you're being transformed, you're being made new. Y'all with me this morning? See, religion will send you to hell with a tie on. It'll send you to hell with a Bible in your hand. It'll send you to hell still addicted, still bound, still. But only when you look to Christ and allow him to truly set you free and you're following him because you love him and you know what he's done for you and you're like, God, I want you more than anything else. I don't want this junk. I don't want these things. I just want you, Jesus. I love you. I want you. God, set me free. I don't care how weird my friends think I am. I don't care how crazy my family think I am. I just want you more than anything else. That's what true salvation is. It's not this shallow junk that we, that we see every week, people just coming in and out and then going back to a lifestyle. You cannot live in a way that don't please God and say that you're right with God. It don't work. You're still being held down. And you might have been able, you might have seen God and you might can hear God's voice, but you ain't moving very fast because you're still bound. Church, this is a message to the church. This is a message to those in here that are lost. This is a message to those that, are, that need to be set free. 
realize that this is for you. Until you realize that God is talking to you. You will sit there and ride that church pew straight to hell. God has called us to be a pure people. God has called us to be a transformative people. And God has called us to be different. And if that's not your life, then you're still laying there on your back. And you've never gotten up and walked out of the grave. The whole story of Lazarus was showing that his true salvation was when he started walking to Christ. You may have made a commitment one day, but are you walking to Jesus? I don't care if you're if you're a young adult, I don't care if you're if you're in middle school, you know you have a mind, you're smart enough to know that you need to be walking closer to Christ. Age does not change. There's a point where we're accountable to what we understand and we can follow Christ. You don't, you're not too old. You're, you're not, you, you don't get to a place to where, you know, I've lived long enough, I'm gonna get a, a God's gonna give me grace and none of that matters. No, we need you, old people. Y'all with me? We need you to see, keep setting the pace, keep showing people that the older I get, I still maybe get bound by stuff, but I'm loving Jesus. I'm not gonna be an honorary old man or old woman. I'm not going to be this, this stereotypical South Georgia gossip. I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be a man or a woman that's after God's own heart. When I'm 88 years old, when I'm 90 years old, I'm going to be pursuing God like I was when I was 21. Amen? But it don't happen, church, if you still hold on to this. And there's a lot of you in this room that God's given you a second chance and then a third chance. Let today be the day that you're set free. So maybe today's the day in which you sat here and you just, you've been hanging on. You've been hanging on to you. You've been hanging on to everything else. And you cannot honestly say that you truly have surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never really given your life to God. You may have known God. You may have had, you may have had plenty of head knowledge, but your heart is far from God. How do I ask you, what did you, what did you do last night? How did you act last week? Did your life mirror, did it, did, was you pursuing Christ or were you pursuing yourself? Are you saved? And if you can't say yes, then today's the day of salvation. Amen? Today's the day where you get up and you walk out of that graveyard. You don't just stand there worrying about I'll tell you one thing. Lazarus was not worrying about what people were going to think about him walking up out of there. He was only worried about one thing, and that was Christ. So that's you today. You don't know if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You want to surrender your life to him today. I want to challenge you to raise your hand so we can, we can lead you, we can pray with you, and we can show you your next step. Is there anybody? Is there anybody that says today's the day that I want to give my life to Jesus? Anyone? Okay. Well, so that, that leaves the rest of us bound up sinners that ain't being, that are not allowing God to use us, that we're unfruitful. And I promise I'm not being, some of y'all are like, man, you're being hard. No, I love you because the thing is God's called us to be a different people. So what are you still hanging on to? If you were to stand up and I could see you with my spiritual eyes, would you look like yourself or would you look all bound up? Amen, brother. Amen. 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 That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome right there. See, see, y'all get excited about that because that's, that's the moment that my man stands up and he wants Jesus and he's hopping to him. Y'all with me? That's from death to life. Amen. See, that's how excited we should be. 
But instead, we'd be like, oh, that was good. Man, I, I, woo, that's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. I'm going to pray. And y'all do business with God. And you can do it in your chair, or you can do it in this altar. What's God telling you? What are you hanging on to? What do you need to be set free from? Father, we come to you right now praying and asking you, God, to open our eyes. Lord, there's a lot of us, God, in this room that you've called us. And when we heard your voice and we stood up, but Lord, we're, 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 walk, we're not really walking very good. We're still bound up by our past. We're still bound up by our failures. We're still bound up by sin. God, we're, we think that we're, some of us in this room are hopeless. Don't think they'll ever get free from these things. God, we keep coming in and out of a church building looking for deliverance when deliverance was there the whole time. Father, I pray somebody in this room would be submissive to your voice. I pray that they would, you would allow them to, to rekindle relationships. I pray, God, that you would set them free from bitterness. I pray, God, you would set marriages free from, from comparison. I pray you would set marriages free from, from the past. I pray, God, that you would allow people to experience your grace and your mercy today. I pray, Father, that those in here that are struggling with addiction, I pray, God, you would show them that there's a way out of that. There's a way out of this. I pray that you would move in their lives, that you would break us, Lord, so that only, only those of us that truly want you, God, will be broken. I know that, God. So I pray for every man and woman in this room under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would put a hunger in their heart. God, they might not be able to see you today, but I pray they can hear you. Lord, life may have them so bound up to where they don't feel like they can take their next breath, they don't feel like they can breathe. I pray, God, you give them the courage to take a step and let you set them free. God, we give, us, we give you our heart today. God, we lay it on the line today. And God, we pray for you to change us so that we can be your radiant church and we may glorify you. God, only you can grow us. So God, we ask you to grow us. Pluck the weeds out of our life. Pluck the thorns out of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will stand.